and my ears are blown out. Holy shit. And I need to fix that. Uh, yeah, um, it's just, it's okay. This episode just won't have the sponsorship on offline mode. It's okay. If you listen offline by now, you're right fucking now. Um, okay, real oh, quick. Sh- Another technical yeah. problem. Oh, you're already dealing with it? The camera? Yeah, I'm trying to figure that one out. Hold on. Okay, just checking real quick. Anyways, how are you doing tonight, Imperial? I'm doing great. Yeah, doing really good. I was actually really excited about this opportunity. And again, thank you guys for having me. No problem, man. Is it fixed now? Um, I got to wait for it. to. Yeah, it looks good. Okay. I had to wait for it to update. You got to love technical difficulties, man. I just don't have any that's on me. All right, I'll take care of that. No, well, like I said before, if it don't have at least two problems, it's not a real stream. Of course, when, when we were on time for once, it happens with technology. Yeah, normally it's about a half hour difference between <laughs> six o'clock and oh shit, we should be live. Oh shit. Um, so Imperior, Imperior, tell, tell us about what you do in the military. So I am a <clears throat> helicopter crew chief with the HH-60 Payfock with Combat Search and Rescue. But currently I am stationed with a temporary duty for a contracting officer's representative for the UH-1 Hueys. Okay. So I, I oversee all of the contracted maintenance with civilians and do quality inspections and stuff with them. But Sounds by trade, I'm a helicopter mechanic. So, so let me ask you something, because I had to deal with civilian mechanics all the time, um, being an equipment operator with the CBs. Do they do better work or, or, or shoddier work than our military brethren and sisters? I think, I think the standards are different, and only because you have to really go by what the contract says. Right. Contract is their binding thing. If it's outside of that, it's up for debate whether or not they want to do something, which, of course, then you have to go back to your contracting officer, and it's a big thing about trying to get it fixed. Um, I wouldn't say yeah. they do shoddier work. I would say the standards are different. I 100% agree. I was just, I was curious, especially, you know, on the the aircraft side, because I know we've, we had some real shoddy, I, well, I'm going to say it, it was shoddy-ass work on some MRAPs that, I mean, like, we took the took the vehicles out of service because the the work was so bad on it. Jesus. Sounds like people need to learn how to do their job. I mean, you know, it's the military. They try to find the cheapest way to fix something. This is true. Yes. <laughs> this is true. So, so I got a question for you, Imperial. Where yes. did the name come from? Um it's been a gamer tag for a long time. I've always been Imperial Trooper. Um I'm just a big fan of Star Wars, a big fan of the Empire and Stormtroopers. I've wanted a Stormtrooper set of armor since pff, as long as I can remember. So it kind of just came to be, and that's what I've stuck with. Like All it. right. What is your well, favorite Star Wars Another film. question I was going to ask is, you know, which side of the, the, the whole Star Wars genre are you a fan of? What is your favorite Star Wars film? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um... I would probably say Return of the Jedi is probably my favorite. Um, I was really disappointed with 
Disney's additions. Um, I think most I, I liked their TV shows, not their movies. Yes, I will say they did amazing work with. Uh, I fucking love Mandalorian. I fucking love uh, Mandalorian. Obi Wan Kenobi and uh, Book of Boba Fett were for amazing. I will say, um, oh, what was the one they did with Rogue One was good. I did like that one. That was good, yeah. But yeah I think my TV favorite shows. to this day, and I, I, I keep rewatching it, is the the animated series Bad Batch. Oh, that's good too. Yeah, Bad Batch is a good one. That is a good one. I haven't watched that one in a while though. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I rewatch it every now and again just because it's it's a fun one. My <laughs> favorite animated is um the the Clone Wars, but not not the newest one, the old one that looks like the Samurai old Jack one style. Mm-hmm. old yeah. one, old one. I yep. own I own the DVD collection for the old one. Anytime I bring it up, people are like, "What are you talking about?" It's like, you... <laughs> yeah, no. there's a big difference. <laughs> no, 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 there's a big difference between the old and new. But the other one I liked was uh, I think it's called Rebels. Mm, yes, Rebels was good too. That Rebels, was a great, yeah, and and I, I I hate it because you don't know whatever happened to that young Jedi at the you know at the very end. And I and I'll be I'll admit I've been one of those guys that have gone on the fucking internet and googled his name and tried to figure it out. And there's nine thousand different theories of what's going to happen, and he's going to show up. And ugh, I hate it. And I All right. It. So I have a question for you. As a helicopter mechanic that you've been, um, have you ever had any oh shit moments with it? Uh, yeah, actually I have. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're so... legally allowed to talk about. Let's put yeah, it that no, way. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're legally 100%. allowed. <laughs> um, I, well, I can think of two. I'll do one that was of my own doing, and the other was probably the sketchiest thing I've done. So we have a uh, drive shaft. It's, it's only about like, maybe this long. Mm-hmm. And it's got two sets of um, flex couplings. We're allowed okay. to touch the out- outer two sets. We're not allowed to touch the inner sets. Well, I was doing maintenance, and this bird was supposed to go fly. I got called out there to take a look at something, and there was a space between some of the discs. And there is inspection criteria for that. So I pulled up the inspection cards, looked at it. I was like, okay, I can fix this. Broke torque on it, retorqued it, gap went away. That bird went and flew. The next day, I got my ass chewed because um, I T.O. specifically says on the install steps for that drive shaft, do not touch these two sets of flex couplings. This is a depot level job. And I did it, and it flew. Nobody got hurt. You know, aircraft came back fine, but I got my ass chewed because I didn't follow tech data. I went, well, I did. But that warning is not in those steps. Right. So the other instance was we were in Qatar and I had an aircraft that was leaking fuel. So I hopped in the cabin, we went back up into a 10 foot hover and they're like, yeah, if you look on the ground, you can see fuel speckling the pavement. And so I opened the right hand cargo door and I lean out a little bit. I've got a gunner's belt on, which is strapped to the floor and I still can't see where it's coming from. And so I turned around and I was, Look at the FE as I grab my belt, like on my, my pants, and I leaned all the way out of this aircraft so I could see the underside of the aircraft in a 10-foot hover. Yeah, to yeah. see where this fuel's coming from. And it's coming from a, a drain line, which we had just did a uh, fuel ops check on that bird earlier today, so there's some residual fuel in the line. So there's no mm-hmm. issue with the aircraft, but I'm 10 feet above the ground in a helicopter hanging out by somebody 
holding on to me basically. And uh, it, was, it was a good time. I miss flying. Flying is one of the, my funnest things I've ever done. Oh, oh, what so kind of you guys are the ones that, 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 uh, that the Navy blame for bringing 3M into our program. But I what get kind it. Of, what kind of helicopters did you fly? So I got to fly on the UH-60 Pavehawk, which is the Air Force's version of the HH-60 Blackhawk. And then the Navy has their variation as well. Uh, ours has a refueling probe on it and a rescue hoist. All right. Yeah, sorry, I'm trying to get my Twitch up because it logged me out on my phone to two factors being a bitch. That's that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> so now, I, 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 I don't think I've ever asked anybody from the Air Force this since <clears throat> since my retirement order. But do you guys still use 3M? Or did you guys do the smart thing and get rid of the entire 3M program and then throw it to the Navy? Your your maintenance program with the, the fucking tech data sheets and everything else that, that has been uh, adopted by the fucking Navy. So all of our tech data actually comes from the Army because it's an Army platform, which right. we then change to fit into Air Force AFIs and and rules. So I don't... When you said 3M, I immediately thought of the... The uh, earplugs. The ear stuff. pro. Yeah. So that's the only 3M I would be aware of as far as what the Air Force is concerned. The only reason why I know 3M is because I work production and manufacturing and those are everywhere. So 3M, 3M for the Navy is the maintenance, maintenance program for everything. Mm. Um, like Imperial said, it was it was adopted by the Air Force from the Army. We took the Air Force's version brought it into us, and they called it 3M. Um, and it is, without a doubt, the, in my opinion, and a lot of Navy guys, the worst fucking system ever invented. Um, the checks that we have to do made absolutely no sense. Um, and yeah, no, believe me, Imperial, nothing against you, but on the Navy side, we curse the fucking Air Force every time we're told <laughs> we have to go do a 3M check. We're like, fucking knew it. Fair enough. Yeah. So you said you've been in uh, 10 years? Just about, yep, December. Coming up on 10 years? Yep. And uh, if you don't mind, what, what rank do you currently hold? Currently E6, so a technical sergeant. Very nice, very nice. I was an E6 myself before the Navy went. Yeah, you're way too fucking broken. You need to get out and retire my ass. <laughs> so as a, as a senior enlisted, um, what are nope. some of the struggles that you have to go through? I'm still considered junior enlisted. Our senior enlisted is E7 and up. E7, that's right. Correct. Master Sergeant. That's right. Okay. So as a... I, I can't say it. You're fucking senior enlisted. I'm sorry. I've got to <laughs> say fine, it. Fine. I've got to say it. And, but, but I'd as, say as almost senior enlisted. Senior enlisted. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. But I mean, it, it, as, as, as someone that, has, that holds a, a leadership role, what are some of the... the, the the struggles that you have to deal with, especially with the junior troops. Cause I mean, I, I know when I went through it, there was times where I wanted to throw fucking kids off the roof because dumb shit happens, but I'd love to hear your, your take on it. I mean, the biggest thing for me is in the 10 years I've been in, I've seen a drastic shift in air force culture, maintenance culture, um, and then society's culture as well. Yeah, And seeing how I would have 
how I talked to NCOs when I was an airman and how airmen talk to NCOs now, I have to remind myself that it's a different Air Force. I can't haul off and chew this guy seven ways to Sunday. Um, but again, there's a rank structure, so like you have to find that nice middle ground. Um, the other thing is people's work ethic. I don't understand. Like for me, as as an airman, it was do this. All right, I'm going to get as close to running as I can because I'm not supposed to run in the hangar or on the flight line. But I'm going to do it quick, fast, and in a hurry. And these guys, you got to tell them three, four times before they get up off their ass to do something. Sometimes you get some that are the rare occasion. You You get those gung-ho. Yes. But I just, that's one of my biggest challenges was, was trying to find a way to motivate and get the mission done in a way that makes it so the airmen want to do the the job and don't bitch and moan about every little thing you ask them to do. But at the same time, create a level of professionalism between us because as much as I'd like to sit there and BS with the guys and, you know, be buddy, buddy, that only Mm -hmm. gets you so far. And actually sometimes Mm -hmm. can come back and shoot you in the foot. So it's, I can relate a lot of that to it being management and retail. I can relate to a lot of that. (laughs) No, hundred percent. That's just, I mean, I'm only 28, but mm. I mean, there's airmen now who are coming in who are 18. I was in, you know, Afghanistan when they were in high school. It's just the mindset's different. They, yeah. And with the way the retirement is now for them, they can get out whenever they want, yep. take their 401k with them. So it's, it's like they don't give a shit. Yeah. It's like I can leave when I want to. So I, <laughs> it's just different that way and, and finding a way to to get what you need to get done. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh-huh. I mean, when I was uh, when I was leaving my first duty station, um, they wanted me to become a RDC, a, a drill instructor. And then I found out it was it was right around the time where the Navy came out with stress cards, so a recruit could pull a card out of their pocket if they felt like the the division commander or whatever was being too rough. And when I found that out. I got called into the office of my command master chief because he had already started the ball rolling with me becoming, you know, going to, to Great Lakes. And he called me in. He was like, okay, construction and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you're, you're, you're fully aware of the, the stress card. And I'm like, no. And he told me, and I was like, nope. He's like, yeah, no, we, we've decided you're, you're not going to be going to Great Lakes because the first kid that pulls a stress card, you will probably beat the shit out of him. And I'm like, oh, 100% I would. I'm like, you can't tell me that, you know, when I went through through basic training, you know, if I fucked up, my RDCs, you know, they they beat my ass. You know, I would be PT'd until they got bored. Um, if I tried to do that to a recruit and all of a sudden they pulled out a stress card, I would not only tear it up, but I'd probably grab the first thing I could find and start swinging it at that point. It's just, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's a total mindset difference between... The, the the recruits or or I wouldn't even say recruits, but the, the generation that is going in the military now, as opposed to, you know, when I first started, when you first started, it's it, it's night and day and it completely dumbfounds me how, how we how we change that much. Yeah. And another thing, and this is might be a little bit of a, a touchy subject, but I don't think the military is a place for social experiments. I 100% the military. agree. There's a standard. I can agree if you to that. can't meet that, then I agree to that one. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and and that's one thing that the military should never do. You should never lower your standards to occupy a position. Well, especially and, and in a place I've, like I've the military. I've seen the Army do it. Well, the Army has been doing it for quite a while now. They've, they've lowered their standards as far as the recruits that are coming in. They, you know, there, there was uh, fitness, you know, uh, levels that you had to be at and this, that, and the other. And they've dropped all of those thinking that the person will get fit or this, that, and the other while they're in boot camp. And that's... That's not where you learn how to become a bad fit. mindset. It's a bad mindset to look at it. <laughs> it, it. It really is. And it's I, part of me. Part of me wishes I was still in. But the other part of me is like, thank God I am fucking retired because I'd probably be <laughs> fired, arrested and put in jail at some point. So Imperial. OK, so I, when when I first started streaming, I was still active duty. Um, two questions for you. One. What made you want to start streaming? And two, how do you how do you balance it with you know obviously you have a full time job and you're a streamer at the same time. So how you know how how do you pull that off? So when I started two years ago, um, I started out because a couple of us used to play HD poker every Friday. That was how, you know I had friends who were in Texas. I had friends who were. Yeah, so that was what we started doing. And some of the conversations that we had, just I was like, oh, God, if I could capture this and, you know, have it somewhere or share it with other people. And so a couple of the guys suggested, well, you know, what if you started streaming? It's like, okay, so I started looking into it. And I started doing it, and originally it was just every Friday. And then I started right. getting into some other stuff. And then it became this scheduled thing where I was doing it. I actually, I originally started with five days a week. And... um realized that after a while that it wasn't sustainable and it just really taxing but uh, between yeah. work and then my personal life and streaming between talking with the wife and seeing what times work best and then of course being on call occasionally before mm -hmm. i came to this position it was just hey these are the scheduled times and if i make a stream cool if i don't i'll let everyone yep. know in discord but i yeah. mean it's it's not worked out terribly um and a lot of the friends i i started out doing it with they're still around uh there's a couple who've you know aren't around anymore unfortunately don't hang out with us but i mean the balance i just trial and error found out some things don't work and then if work came up i was like hey you guys you know i'm on call if i have to leave suddenly that's gonna be it i apologize but you know right and i don't sugarcoat anything when i stream either i uh I tell that from the get go. It's like if you don't if you don't like the way I talk, if you don't like the topics that come up, I'm sorry. There are plenty of other streamers out there. Go go watch somebody else. I'm not that's gonna change. Just, that's gonna literally change in myself. my rules. That's literally in my stream rules. Yep. <laughs> I'm not gonna change who I am to appease you. Like I get it. You might I mean, not at the like end of the I'm day, saying. it's it's your stream. They came exactly. to you. You don't have to change anything. Mm -mm. All right, so we asked this question to every guest, but what is your favorite and least favorite MRE? Oh. Let's Give me see. one second. I wrap something out of the other room. Very good. Um, least favorite was probably anything that had to do with tacos. One, because I'm part Mexican, so like I have a, a standard. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um... <laughs> Other than that, I think the best part of any Emory is the dessert. Like you gotta, you gotta have a good dessert to go with what you're eating. Because, I mean, you could have a fairly decent meal, and if you're hungry enough, it doesn't matter because food's food. But yeah. 
if the dessert's garbage, it's just, I mean, that's the one thing I look forward to is like, okay, I had this crummy meal, but at least I have this, this little sweet thing at the end that can tide me over till the next time I have to eat. Most people's least favorite, they say veggie omelet for the most part. See, I didn't have a lot of the breakfast ones. A lot of the ones I've had are, are lunch or dinner ones. So the breakfast ones, mm -hmm. I really got a chance to, to try. Um, I know a lot of people probably say the, the chili mac is one. Yeah, it's it's usually a, a pretty solid answer. Yeah, absolutely. Mac shows up a lot on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, for favorite. I mean, it's a it's a good, consistent meal that you can eat cold or hot. Doesn't matter. Oh, the pull you missed get... it. His least favorite was anything taco. Really? Well, I'm a part Mexican, so I have a standard. <laughs> oh well, hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I grew up in the Southwest. I have it too. Yep. It's fair. It really is fair. Um, what is your favorite? Do you have any favorite basic training stories? Let's see. I have a couple where I got smoked. Um, actually, Those are always fun. One that you reminded me of was uh, <laughs> we were marching around, and so we're you know learning how to march, learning how to follow marching orders and everything like that we hey, had one guy yep for the love of god could not stay in step just every every two minutes he was getting called out just so he got stopped he pulled him out sets him in front of the entire uh group you guys of call us. it a flight right flight yeah thank you I okay blanked on that so the entire flight and then he said the horrible words of 45 degrees, you're right. Oh, no. On your face. So you start pushing. Now, I'm originally from Oregon. Right. I'm now in San Antonio, Texas in December. It's very dry. Very, very cold. Very. Um, I start pushing. No problem. Oh, my nose starts bleeding. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he goes, roll. So we roll over and start doing flutter kicks. All the while, I have blood running down the side of my face, down right. the back of my neck, into my uniform. Not only that, but you just rolled in this shit, too. Exactly. Well, then right. we do that for probably a minute and a half, two minutes, right, before he gets the point across. And he has to stop, and I'm at the very back of the flight. So I take a step out so that he can see me. And I do, you know, a trainee, Imperial reports is ordered. And he looks at me, he's like, holy shit. Take him, go to the dorm, clean yourself up. I was like, okay. In my brain, it was, I'm not going to say a word. I'm just going to bleed on the pavement because I don't want to get yelled at. Right. 100% so, right. Yeah, no, I just, it looked like someone punched me in the nose. Like, it's just oh, yeah. Everywhere. Because I rolled in it. That's fucking funny as hell. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so what do we have to get our superior? Oh. <laughs> Then I became an element leader after that. So, oh, even better. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Shortest guy on my flight. So I was element one. Right. Until, um, they, until they put you in the height line and you're just like, what the fuck? For yeah. people that are home that don't know what they are, what is the element? Uh, so, an element is so you'd have four across and then however many back you had. So, an element is element one, two, three, four, and then you had your guide on. Guide on carried the, the colors of the flight. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. Normally marched in line or ahead of the uh, drill instructor. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Now, I forget if we asked this one, but what made you want to join the Air Force? So, originally, I planned on doing ROTC, which, in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't. But um, I was going to go to school for mechanical engineering, then become an officer and go my route that way. Uh, I chose the Air Force because I scored high enough to have a choice. Uh, <laughs> that's that's perfectly fucking fair. <laughs> um, I was told I could have any job I wanted. But in re- in reality, it was it was my dad who who uh, kind of pushed that one. He, well, I I guess pushed is the wrong word. He suggested, and after looking into it, it, it felt like something that fit me since I like structure and I I really didn't want to stay in Oregon. I wanted to travel. So my dad, knowing how I was and how I interacted with everybody, he's like, I think the military would be a good fit for you. And so I took my ASVAB chose the air force uh, originally was going to be an airborne linguist fell short of that a little bit um and then there i was told you can retest again and i was like well i have a ship date already so i went open mechanical and uh growing up know. with my dad who was a mechanic i had some mechanical background i knew what what wrenches were you know i had a, a general gist of things right um and i went into helicopter mechanic so i really dad drove that and I thank him for that because I, I mean, there's been ups and downs as everyone knows with the military, but I think it's made me in some parts, a better person. It's opened my eyes to a lot of things, a lot of different concepts as well, as far as how people see the world. Um, I'm a lot less closed minded than I was growing up. Mm. Understanding other people's point of views, other people's um, cultures and stuff like that. I got to spend four years in Japan. So I, I really got to experience, you know, something that was not American at all. Right. And, uh, what was your favorite thing about Japan culture? Food. A hundred percent. Sushi and ramen. Uh, like in the States, I'll get commissary sushi. And while it's good, it's, it's it not the same. No, no, not at all. Um, there was one place while I was in Vegas, because I was stationed there for a little while, that was almost spot on to the ramen. And the wife and I would go there a lot. But where I live now, there's one Japanese restaurant in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's okay. It's not quite there, but it's okay. Right. We, so don't, I, we don't. I live in Minnesota, so we don't really have Japanese restaurants anywhere. You either go far and wide into the cities. Yep. <laughs> yeah, when I was in uh, Iwakuni, I won the food. Two, I saw an R34 up close. And about cream myself because I didn't know what the hell it was. I, I was a big, you know, lead sled muscle car guy. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I went to Japan and all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm seeing Supras and, and Evos and mm-hmm. Sylvias and, and I was like, I don't like lead sleds anymore. This is nuts. <laughs> oh yeah, the car scene out there is way different too. Um, it, it, it's so incredible. It is. I was in Okinawa. Oh, that's where I okay. spent my four years. So I got to see a lot of castles. I got to see, of course, um, some of the battle sites as far as when they mm-hmm. stormed Okinawa. I did not get to see, is it Heartbreak Ridge? Or no, it's a, I think that's what it's called. I did not get to see that ridge. Um, I'm trying to remember which one Dawson you're talking about. is the medic who worked that. Um, but I didn't get to see that, unfortunately. I did miss out on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the culture, too, the Hacksaw Ridge. Thank you. My wife just Hacksaw. Oh, okay. Hacksaw that, Ridge. Good movie. Good movie. Uh, yeah. So Hacksaw Ridge. Thank you, there. wife. Because yep. I was going brain dead too, trying to think of it. 
Heartbreak Ridge is with um, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, yes. Well, no, when you Ridge. said when you said Dawson, I know what the hell you're talking yep. about. Um, the people in Japan, the nicest people you'll meet. hundred percent. Ninety nine percent of them. I mean, there are occasions that the older generations who aren't too fond of Americans, mm-hmm. but Okinawa is a beautiful island. The water's crystal clear. My wife was lucky; she got to. Uh, snorkel and flying a helicopter over the over the water and just oh no shot beautiful pictures um you can see all the way to the ocean floor it's like second to the great barrier reef as far as Mm -hmm. diving goes um Mm -hmm. so yeah it was a great experience so what is a normal day like as a helicopter mechanic well while i was at nellis which is where i was stationed last as a mechanic um Typically, you start at 7 o'clock, roll in, do your all-call, get your briefing as far as what aircraft are flying, what you're assigned to as a 7 level. So when I was a staff sergeant, I normally was in charge of something, or I was the flight line 7 level, meaning that I rode around with the expediter and was on call for flyers as far as troubleshooting. Uh, You just did that and then you'd have schedule inspections that you would do you would do um various hoist stuff probe stuff depending on you know just random things that would come up during the flying day now if you were in phase um that was a little more structured so phase Mm -hmm. is every 600 hours we would do a tear down of the aircraft inspect a bunch of stuff put it back together um, I ran that for a little while, about a year and a half. I ran the phase dock as the phase dock chief. And uh, that included making sure my guys were working inspections, ordering parts, briefing the commander and the wing and the group. Um, so it really depended on what position you sit in as to what your day would look like. But as a typical crew chief, it was really just day by day. Because outside of that, your scope is is not that big as a staff sergeant or a tech sergeant on the line. It's just one day at a time. Let the let production team deal with the, the long, long-term stuff. Day to day now as a core, um, I roll in at six. I get off at two. Um, nice hours. Yeah, it is. And I, in all honesty, I could show up whenever I wanted, right. as long as I'm there. Uh, the old job, it was 7 to 3, but normally it ended up being 7 to 4, 35 o'clock. Um, but then now it's rolling whenever I really want to, work 8 hours or less, depending. Do my inspections, which I only have 40 a month, so really not that bad. And then BS with the contractors, for the most part, take an hour lunch. And right now I have, I'm living a life. Like, I'm, I'm not complaining <laughs> at all. Um, but... I, I miss turning wrenches sometimes. I definitely miss flying. So I used to be a flying crew chief. Right. Um, so I'd go TDY a lot. I would uh, fly on FCFs, which is your functional check flights. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've played a lot of different roles in the Air Force. I, I have. In the ten years I've I've been in, I've been a, I've worked mock, which is your mission operation control. I did that in Japan for two years. Um, I've worked phase. I've worked the flight line. I've been a core, so I, I've been lucky. I, I definitely can't say I've suffered. So, out of all of them, which one is your favorite and least favorite? 
So if we're going, if we're not counting the position I'm in now, my favorite was probably Mach only because of the cool TDYs I got to go on. So when I was in Okinawa, the Mach worked for the entire base, meaning I got to go on TDYs for the F-15s. I got to go on TDYs for the KC-135s. Um, I've been to Singapore. I've been to Korea. been to Alaska for a month, mainland Japan. So I think that was Alaska my favorite. Alaska is fucking beautiful, too. Yes, absolutely it is. I would have loved to stay up there longer. But... Yeah, uh, until it's perpetual daylight and then believe me you don't want to fucking be anywhere near there um i was there in october i think it was october negative 20 yeah oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. which Normal is weather I mean, here minnesota normal weather here so when the wind's not blowing it's fine true but as soon as oh, the when, wind starts when there's wind oh yeah know. when that wind chill factor hits fucking negative you know 50 below mm-hmm. you're done for like when there's negative some when there's like negative thirty outside and then the wind you like negative twenty, you're like, ah, yeah, that's frostbite in an instant. Yeah. I mean, and now I live in Montana, so I've got to that to look forward to. Wait, you live in Montana? Mm-hmm. All right, we may be talking later. Okay. <laughs> As a place I am hundred percent looking at. Oh yeah? I love it I'm, up here. It's great. I've been here love that six months now. Nice. So, so real quick, but b- before we we start transitioning into you know some of your streaming or more of your streaming stuff, mm-hmm. I gotta ask and, and correct me if I'm wrong because my dad was uh, he was a helicopter pilot um, back in the Vietnam ages, um, but you you said you came from somewhat of a of a mechanical background. Your your father was a mechanic. This that, and the other. Yep. I'm, I'm, I hope I get this right, and this is off of memory or whatever, but what did you do the first time you looked at the T-53 and had to fix it? You mean the T-53? Uh, I, I probably got it wrong, but the Huey engine. So I'm a 60 crew chief by trade. Okay. So the, I think it's the T-500. Okay. Is okay. what we run. Um, but in our career field, that's an engine's job. So it's broken really? further. Yes. Yeah, so we have you have crew chiefs, you have engines, you have specs, which is com nav, avionics, right? ECM, oh. like the fly by wire shit and all that. Yeah, and and A and E. Uh, we don't have any fly by wire. All is we have some cable, but that's as close as you get to that. Um, but I mean, the first time I looked at a helicopter, I didn't come in with any preconceived. I know how to do maintenance. Because right. I worked on cars, and I looked at aircraft and go, "This is not the same." Oh, I know what I know what tools are. I know what a bolt is. I know what a screw is. Right, like the basic one-on-one stuff. I all these that. components in it, though. Yeah, all the other stuff. I went, "All right, Army, tell me what I need to learn." Because right. I don't know shit. Um, <laughs> I have had a couple airmen who think they're hot shit because they come in and work in actually having worked at an auto body shop or something, and they come in thinking they know shit. Mm-hmm. I've had to put them in their place and go, I get that you're a mechanic, but those are cars. What you're working yeah. on now is a multi-billion dollar aircraft. You don't know shit, so shut the fuck up and sit down. And right. don't break it, please. <laughs> then you die. Yeah, don't break it, because I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I... I had, like I said, I had the basics down. I knew how I could change some minor stuff, but I really sat back and realized that I don't know anything and I need to let them teach me the way that needs to be done. 
So do they do most of the training on site there then? So the way it works for us, and I, I don't know how this works for other, um, I know a little bit how it works for the Army because I trained with them. I was in uh, Fort Eustis, Virginia. That's where we go for our technical school. So you do basic training, you go to your tech school, which I think the Army calls AIT. Yep. Um, Fucking Fort Useless. Y- yes, absolutely. Uh, so we trained <laughs> <that> on... <laughs> it's terrible. I hated it. Uh, I mean, we had the best place, but... Yeah. Um, we trained on the Blackhawks, and then what we did is we did like a week long stint of these are the Air Force Air Force specific components that you were going to run into <laughs> while the Army was out doing their camping trip um, out in the the field. So yeah. after the that, tick habitat signs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep, they were not happy. No. Uh, after that, I ended up going to Nellis for my first dude location, and I did what's called OJT. So I got my five level uh, at Nellis. So I learned all the the basic stuff to make me a semi competent mechanic. It's fair. You knew righty tighty, lefty loosey, and they were like, "All right, go, go for yep. it." Safety wire. Yes, hundred percent. And then make do sure you, you disconnect the battery before you fucking kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God, that reminds me of a story. Please. If you want to share it, yeah. Um, I had. An FE and a senior airman, so that would be an E4. Um, we're having a an electrical problem. Now there's junction boxes in the ceiling. You got your number one junction box and your number two junction box. Well, there's a huge warning sign on the cover of said junction box that says, "Turn off aircraft power prior to opening. May cause fire." Yes. I had both an FE, who's not supposed to be doing maintenance at all. And a senior airman who you would think is competent enough to do their job, this individual not so much, open said panel and then stick their hands onto and near electrical components while aircraft power is on. Not just battery, but whole on AC power. Please tell me he got shot across everything. No, because I yarded him out of the aircraft. God damn it. Yeah, I... I wasn't about to get my ass chewed for that, so I I grabbed him by the That's fair. the shirt and yeeted him out of the aircraft, and then just dis- destroyed him. Um, and I'm not a big guy; I'm only five six, probably 120 pounds. And this guy is a little bit bigger than I am weight wise, but I yarded him out of the aircraft and oh, just yeah. destroyed him. I was like, "Are you trying to fucking kill yourself and everybody else who's sitting next yep. to you? You fucking arc that son of a bitch and kill everybody." Yeah, that's one way of doing it. hundred percent. I made sure to kill power on the aircraft too. And I pulled my E&E guys like, hey, troubleshoot. I have something to handle over here. After that, he sat in another aircraft and pouted while <laughs> I went back and fixed the aircraft with the E&E guy. But yeah, it's just like I was saying earlier, some of the guys, they just don't have the mindset or the, the give Mind a fuck. Capacity. Yeah. You see, there, there's a thing now called uncommon sense, because, you know, common sense is not a thing. <laughs> common <laughs> sense is, is uh, hard to find. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, so it's no longer fucking natural. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, we had we had the same thing, like you were saying, you know, people coming in that were mechanics or something like that, and they think they, they know everything, you know. Yep. We had a couple of guys that, you know, became equipment operators, you know, and I, I drove trucks, you know, on the civilian side. Okay, fine. You know, and then we're we're moving MRAPs on tractor trailers, and you know, obviously, you got to tie it down. Well, yeah. for anybody that doesn't know, the MRAP 
is an up armored, you know, vehicle. Um, its axles are actually made to break away during um, an explosion, an IED or something like that. So the one thing you don't do is you do not chain it down by the axles. Because if you do that, you slam on the brakes, you can literally watch the entire body of the vehicle shoot off of it, and the axles are still laying there. And yeah, we we fought with these, you know, quote unquote, civilian truck drivers about, you know, this is how I do it when, you know, I was a civilian. Well, you're not a fucking civilian anymore. You don't And these are different vehicles. Yeah. And you you break away one of these, that's five and a half million dollars that you're going to have to try to figure out how to fucking pay for. Well, they're not small either. I, uh, no, hell no. <laughs> flying out of Afghanistan, I was on a C-17 with one, and the tires are damn near taller than I am. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. Okay, small. so on the C-17, because I, uh, I flew out of Virginia on a Russian bird, but we had brought Calmars with us. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever seen one of those? I have not. So the tire alone um, is like 12 feet tall. Jesus. A big tire. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, this thing that you know, this is this is the vehicle that picks up twenty and forty foot ISO containers that weigh you know, <sighs> almost a hundred thousand pounds. That's taller than me, them. and I'm almost six four. Yeah, <laughs> it's nuts. I'd be a little worried if you were if it wasn't taller than you. To be honest, yeah. I mean, if you if Fair. you could stare at the tire, you know, at height, I'd be like, Fair. you might want to get checked. That's Hold fair. Back. Um, so do you have any advice for someone that's going into the Air Force? Uh, yeah, don't act like you know anything. Go in there with an open mind, do what you're told, and you'll be fine. It's not that hard. It really isn't. Especially now, you mentioned the stress cards. We have a, a knock-it-off card that they can use. You're shitting you know. me. No, I'm not kidding you. I'm not. They have they have See, basically the same thing in the Air Force. I've um, never served and that irritates me. <laughs> the other thing that baffled me and I've talked to some of the younger airmen, they like we had two phone calls mm -hmm. during my time in basic. They get to keep their phones on them now. I know, I heard that and I flipped the fuck out over it. We like, heard that one in our previous episodes. How the fuck is that like there's no way you can have any structure if you you're constantly got your phone on you, because yeah. you know you know they're looking at it and fucking oh, with it. There's no way they're not. It just baffled me. I was like, "There's it's just different. It's a different Air Force, different military altogether." I knew Kay was going to say something the second you said that they had <laughs> fucking cell phones. One of our one of our good friends, Katarian, is is he's our third prior Air Force. Yep. But yeah, he's like I, he's like Santa Claus fucking old Air Force. So, mm, you know. Yeah. It is true. All right. So I am now we're going to go into a little bit of your content creation part. And I'm curious, uh, what exactly is the Council of U.S.? Oh, OK. So that's the Council for United Streamers. Um, and I, I want there to be no uh, misconceptions here. I did not create this. Yes. I've just been kind of unofficially the leader of it because I was the one who stepped up and said, I'll make the discord and I step up and I, I, I do a lot of the planning stuff because I don't like to sit in, in the questional sense of, Hey, what are we doing? Which I think the military has a lot to do with that. I like to know what's going on. 
but the council is a group of us who, and it's not follow for follow, but it's we support each other. We share ideas and information or like if something else comes like, hey, if you're trying to do this, here's the bot for it. Or, you know, if you need help setting something up, here's this. And then um, it's just a place where everyone's, I don't want this to sound like super PC, but it's, it's about inclusion. Like it's, it's a place for everyone to be. It, right. it is a hundred percent a place where if you need help with something, or if you just want to meet some cool people, that's what the council's for. Um, we created the high council within that as the original eight of us who decided to come up with a name and, and actually organize it as the admins only in the fact that we're making sure that the, the community guidelines are held to, but other than that, it's a democracy. It's 100% a 5-6 a majority vote on anything as far as kicking members. Um, we have a, a thing where we have two people verify a member before they join just to make sure that they fit within those parameters because we don't want it to become a toxic place. We want everyone to feel welcomed. Um, there's a lot of really awesome people in there who are variety streamers. Uh, some are, I, I hate to use the phrase, but one trick ponies um right. they, they play a specific game and that's it and they have their niche little spot which is awesome mm -hmm. um but it that's that's what that is it's a a nice little place and it's probably not as it's probably not promoted as much as I, it should be but uh that's partially on me partially on a little bit of there's some other kinks that we're working out and it's kind of just getting its footing uh, i think there's any maybe a, a max of 20 of us in that that community at the moment any viewers watching from home and would like to look into it more, uh, where can they find it? So there is, if you go to my channel, there is a link for it, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Let me double check. Before I misspeak, <laughs> out of my ass here. <laughs> um, if not, there is a Twitter for it. If you look up the Council for United Streamers, there's a Twitter. And if you tag them and then one of one of the high council members will react to it. Most likely me, to be honest, because I have updates for it. Uh, yeah, it's not on my page. I apologize. I need to add that. I think it's on your link tree, but it is in my link tree. So if you go to my link tree, which is on my page, you will see the council there. So you can get to that. So tackle is on your page, just not. Yes, there's not a, a, a panel <laughs> for it. Um. But yeah, if if you've seen any of my streams, uh, Skellington Dragons part of it, um, Roz, uh, T Queen Roz is part of it. She's a UK streamer, so it's not just in the US either. There's, there's a couple other international. Mm -hmm, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So now I know I asked you a couple of streams ago. I I kind of set it up because I wanted to see what your answer was. Um, but um, I know you're a member of Regiment. And yes. I know that, that even Rex would like to, to know the answer to this, but what, what is regiment and what does it mean to you? So, and I think this means more to me now than it did when I... The position I'm in now, it is only two military, active duty military members. It's me and a master sergeant. Mm -hmm. The rest are all civilians. The rest have been working here for 20 plus years. So to me... The being in the military and you always have a group of people you can rely on because you work with them day in and day out. These are people that you'd be willing to go out of your way for, stick your neck out for, and you know they do the same for you. 
Um, I'm not as active in regiment as I would like to be, but that's also because I have a very close knit set of friends and I'm not really outgoing as much as I might seem on streams. Um, but having that as a, a safety net, I guess, and knowing that there are mm -hmm. other veterans and active duty members that I can reach out to if need be was a big selling point for me. Um, you mentioned the council earlier, which I would like eventually to become a team, but since none of us in the council are partners, um, that's not viable yet. So when I, time. oh, and it's, it'll get there eventually. I don't think I'll be the first one because of active duty, but, um, it was something that I, I'd watched, um, Sergeant Jackson was one of the first ones that I realized was part of mm -hmm. The, of the regiment team so I watched him for a while and then I kind of looked into it more and I thought you know why not why not take the opportunity if if I can hop on there and that'd be awesome and uh, I applied for it got accepted and I got to read through a lot of the, the community stuff in there right. um, and all the people in it. there's a lot of really cool people out there there's a lot of cool things that regiment does and for me like I said it's it's that safety net of not having a day in day out interaction with active duty members at least i have a way of getting that community because and a lot of civilians want to understand this there is a very very special way that we military members interact with each other mm -hmm. and they say blood's thicker than water but i think the family you choose is a stronger bond than than anything else and so that I think that affords that for my position. Completely agree with that. All right. So where can everyone find you? Like, what are your socials and stuff? So Twitter and my Discord and Twitch are going to be the most prevalent. TikTok is not as prevalent as it probably should be. Um, but Imperial Trooper Gaming is going to be the name across all of those. You look that up, you'll find me anywhere you want to. As far as Twitter, I mean, Instagram is one as well that I probably should be hitting a little stronger, but I'm bad at social media. I don't like to seem needy or post a whole bunch because I find that annoying. So I need to work on that. But <laughs> I'm the same way on social media. I should use my Twitter more than I do. I get yelled at all the time. They're like, hey, you're on Twitter, right? Uh, well, I have one. <laughs> and then um, I um I use my sound mom Twitter more than I use my Rex Killers Twitter. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm also can one of my mods. Can we get a shout out for Imperial Trooper? We have not done that yet. Um, uh, and what normal stream content do you stream? So typically, outside of October, so October is all. It's Spooktober stuff, so I've got horror games and, and stuff like that. But normally it's um, Saturday is a on-off Saturday with the boys, which is normally Halo, and then a community day. I do community days, which is anybody's welcome to come join. Uh, we'll play party games like Jackbox or uh, Just Act Natural, Goose Goose Duck, Among Us, which Among Us is kind of falling off, uh, Golf yeah. With Your Friends, stuff like that. Otherwise, it's... Uh, I always have a story stream, which is Thursdays, so it's a story-driven game. Uh, What's your favorite I... story driven? Well, if I had to go back, go back a little bit here. 
Probably Final Fantasy VII. Adoption. Yep. Um, for all time favorite. Mine for story base because I, because my favorite single player game would be um Shadow Mortar series Midorf, but then my favorite story base game for the story wise would be Heavy Rain. Okay. I would say for me, um, since you said Halo, I'm a huge Halo fan. Um, I still say the best fucking story in all of Halo was Reach. Oh, yeah. The ending to that, I was so fucking angry. <laughs> when, when, you know, when Noble Six doesn't fucking, yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, they need to fix it. That's yep. all I got to say. So my dad and I played Halo multiplayer and then when halo 2 came out and you could do co-op mm-hmm. that was our thing so it just halo yep. has a strong meaning for me so when they came out with uh halo infinity um i was super excited because that it there's a lot of nostalgia there yeah. i i grew up on the playstation side of things so i didn't really play much halo when i was younger grew up on games like the mortal kombats and a few call of duties a wide right. variety of things a bunch of games i shouldn't have been playing at my age (laughs) of course of course it's funny that you bring up playstation being your primary so playstation was my primary until the xbox came out now my dad drank soda or pepsi particularly like it was water Mm -hmm. we won the very first xbox in the pepsi sweepstakes oh no shot yes i remember the very first game we got was monkey ball okay we then won the Xbox 360 in another Pepsi Sweet Stakes. Get out of here. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. Fucking cheers. Um, <laughs> like I said, he drank it like it was water, man. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Um, so I grew after that, we transitioned to the Xbox. And since then, I've been an Xbox until probably a year ago when I got a desktop. Because I used to stream off of an Alienware PC, uh, laptop. Mm. Um, but since then, I've been straight PC. Oh yeah, I own all three. I own the PS4, I own the Xbox One, and I own a PC. I'm mainly PC though. I haven't touched my PS4 or Xbox in fucking years. Yep. Yeah, I got I, I got rid of my Xbox One. I gave that to my my son-in-law and my daughter when they moved to his duty station. I don't fucking use it. Um, I have a Switch. I think I've got a total of forty hours in two and a half years of owning it. And then I have, you know, everything over here, you know, um, and that's yeah, my whole gaming prowess. I have this big-ass gaming laptop. I have a small laptop here. I got the PS4, PS2, PS1. I got um, the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a Switch yet, but I plan on adding to the Arsenal eventually. So I, I did get a Switch while I was deployed. Um. But like like you said, I haven't played it much. I think I played yeah. Cuphead for a while. I played a lot of Animal Crossing. After that, oh, God, it's, it's you just, did too? I did, yeah, well, you're sitting in the desert doing nothing else. I, I know, pick, I, I get I'll it. I go pick weeds and pay money to nook all damn day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and fish for, mm-hmm. for the same fucking mackerel 137 yep. times in a row. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's... The wife has become a PC gamer as well. I I uh, definitely corrupted her on that. She used to be a, a console gamer only. Console only, yeah. I and was the same as, way. As soon as I got her PC, her Xbox sits in the living room and hasn't been touched in months. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait now. Your um, your stream channel is um, 
ambassador has ambassadorship with Alpha Rigs. Would you like to tell us a little bit about them? So Alpha Rigs has a bunch. I wouldn't say a bunch. I have a good good collection of decor, um, de- uh, minifigures, uh, apparel. Actually, I've worn it a couple of times. There's a T-shirt that I have that's got the Twitch logo. It says Twitch on it real big, and it's got my uh, Twitch name on it that was custom made from from Alpha Rigs. Um, I haven't had any complaints about them. They've got some good stuff. A lot of their stuff is games that I don't play, so I haven't bought a whole bunch more from them. But if you're into Apex or um, some of the other first-person shooters or Battle Royales, it's definitely a place to go check out. they got a lot of stuff there. Do you have a discount code that someone can use? Uh, yeah, if you go to my page in the About section, there's actually a link. If you click on it, it'll take you, and you'll get 10% off. All right. Very cool. You're getting all yourself for most out there. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, if you want to throw another one on there, there's Extra Life. That's a charity that I do every year. This is my third year doing it. It goes towards Children's Miracle Network. Uh, every that bit Ash. of that... That was to going them. to be one. Of, that's one of the next questions. Yep. Um, <laughs> this is my third year. I'm actually in charge of a team this year for the council. There's a couple of us who are part of it. I have incentives as far as milestones, but I also have incentives for donations. Uh, I've heard of Extra Life because I believe one of our previous guests, I believe it was um, Angry Ginja Ninja. I believe he does Extra Life a little bit. I forget yeah, they, though. I know one so, of our previous guests did it. All the money that I personally raise goes towards a local hospital here in Montana, because that's where I live now. Um, but each person, they choose a local hospital that it goes to. And then collectively, I think last year, the program raised $14 million. Holy shit, hmm. nice. Um, Give it money. Towards that. So it, it's an amazing charity. It started in 2008. Um, that's the one charity I consistently give to. Is because there's out of all the people out there, children are probably the ones who should suffer the least. I mean, mm-hmm. kids, you know? I agree. So, go check all it right. out. So you play I mean, a lot. It's, like, it's like they say at GCX all the time when they're they're you know with Saint Jude, they you know let the let them yeah. let them win. There's there's absolutely no reason that that you know it, no. it's just it's horrible either way. So. You play a wide variety of games. What are your top five all-time favorite games? I'm going to say favorite begrudgingly is Apex. Um, There's a lot of... I have fun playing Apex with a couple of people, but at the same time, it's Apex. Um, (laughs) Halo holds a special place in my heart, like I already said. Um, I think those are probably the top two... That are consistent gamings are games that I stream. HD poker always hold a special place because that's what I started doing. And with the gang, that was our every Friday night, which unfortunately has died off because people's lives come up. You know, scheduling doesn't work all the time. Um, That's why the community game sessions have come up and they've been opened up a little bit more. I suck at poker. As oh, long as you're, you're the fun. perfect person to play against. Yeah, I mean, we we have an inside joke that Imperial goes out first every game. Right. And I broke that streak the last time we played. I went out third. There you I go. I broke the streak because every other game we played, I was out first because 
we have a guy, uh, Big Papa, or we call him Pappy. He he plays this fuck around game where he he'll raise it, and they're like, "Oh, we're we gonna do this, so we'll just raise and raise and yeah. raise and raise until someone's all in." And typically ends up being me, right? And then I lose. So <laughs> I I, I have, have that fun. problem a lot playing Omaha. I just oh <laughs> I get so fucked over on Omaha, <laughs> but it was fun. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's, that's the biggest thing is as long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. I mean, and that's part of, of my rules on my, on my Twitch is, you know, if we lose a game or if you're playing with me and we lose a match, don't be a sore loser about it. It happens. Move on. You win one later. Just, you know, have a good, as long as you are having fun. That's all that matters. Until you play Tarkov and then you just want to fucking dick punch the shit out of yourself. I I love Tarkov. Liar. Nobody loves Tarkov. Nobody Tarkov. loves Tarkov. Tarkov <laughs> no is in my top five favorite games. I fucking love Tarkov. Because you're stupid. Uh, that's that's debatable. <laughs> Only a sociopath loves Tarkov. Well, maybe you can call me a sociopath, I guess. I mean, look, you, you talk to Landmark, you talk to Lupo, you talk to, to Pestley, none of them like Tarkov. Sure. Nobody likes that game. So, Nikita so, hates that fucking game. <laughs> and he I made love, it. I love this comment you got here. So Rex likes to dick punch himself. Got it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, in my eyes, well, when I play Tarkov, I I look at it as more of a common game. It's a common and stress labor game for me. And um because I don't look at the I look at the I I don't look at the what? items like I'm losing things. What the hell because... is calming about getting headshot yeah. every yeah. fucking time? Well, Stress see... relief. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. well, well, you see, I don't look at how normal Tarkov players look. Like I look at as the items are made to be lost in the end of the game. That's how the game runs. You lose items, other people pick them up. People that's sell like, them. That's like, like saying it's how the game works. I enjoy playing squad <laughs> when there's a medic that doesn't do his job. Exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I can't wait. They've already, they've already announced it quite a while ago, but the defibrillator in the game will actually be able to be used. Oh, that'd and be nice. I am going to figure out a way to run around. I haven't played Squad in gun, years. But just have so, a defibrillator and fucking shock everyone in Tarkov. Wait, there's a spoiler being added to Tarkov? Ooh. It's already there. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. It is there. But it's just unusable. In yeah. Squad and Postscriptum, which are the two milsims I've played the most. I always play a medic. And I don't know how many times I've seen a medic standing next to a dead guy who should be doing his job as a medic. Well, I think his fucking ass. doesn't. Yeah. It's like, that is your one role. Shoot back, revive, shoot back, revive. That, that is all and, you're supposed to be doing. And that's where it's going to get kind of interesting with the, the, the whole Tarkov thing is they're, they're leaning towards, you know, the, the roles in a squad. Um, mm-hmm. You'll have your sniper, your door breach, you know, your medic guy, you know, fucking everything. And I think it'll, I think it'll change the dynamic of the game when people actually have to play a certain role. Whereas, well, you know, most people right now, it, one, they're either a cheater, we all know that, or two, they straight W key and fucking desync kill you while you're still behind the building. And, and then there's, and whatever. then there's people with me like me and Pool that actually play somewhat strategy, but it's a lot of times not really because. Yeah, I'm ready to fucking just like to delete the fucking game. <laughs> well, have you guys played Ready or Not? I have. I fucking love that game. I I, I um. No, I haven't. <laughs> good one. I um have access to their closed alpha. 
So a, a couple of buddies and I play that, and there there are two ways we play it. The fun way, which is chaos. Yeah, fun way course. is chaos. Fun you way get, is chaos. We try to get the biggest negative number we can. Or the uh, real yeah. way, and the real way we normally die. We're real way, um, <laughs> same. Me and my friend Zoe, we play Raider now a lot. We used to co-stream it a lot, and we both suck at it. And it's a lot harder because you're doing only two people. So a two-person squad going into some of these maps is fucking ridiculous. When you're using C2 charges on every door until you run out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> However, there was one time that I um fucking um without the AI, I soloed the um I soloed the gas station one by myself and got a perfect score. Gas station's small. You try to True. do the, the party one, though it's like three oh, levels. God. Yeah, Those security get... guards, though, were gunning mm -hmm. you down on site, too. You open the front door, <laughs> and there's three of them in the living room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Sounds like I a love... typical Tuesday night. Yeah. I, lo I love the times where you spawn in front of one. When you just get dispatched, and there's one sitting there in the parking lot immediately shooting at you. Yep. No, Ready or Not is a fun game, man. <laughs> it is. I've seen it. I, I haven't played it. The, the one I know I'm you've seen me stream seeing, it. Yeah, and, and the one I'm looking forward to seeing tonight is Marauders, because it's mm -hmm. based Tarkov. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those TikToks lately, and I have yet to look into the game, but it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, so, what edition of Ready Not do you have? Do you have Sorry, the what, what edition of Ready Not do you have? Do you have the Supporter Pack or the original? Original, I'm pretty sure. Just to let you know, if you ever buy the supporter edition, you can join their di you can join um their supporter edition um Discord and get access to the closed alpha and get updates before anyone else. Ooh, it's ba you basically get an NDA with them. Okay. Very so, nice. I had stuff now, you ever want that. <laughs> now, what about here's one that me and another a buddy of mine have been playing quite a bit of Star Citizen. I've heard of it. I've wanted to get into it, but I, I want haven't. want the fucking game so <laughs> badly. Okay, so I will say this, because it's still in beta, is a lot yeah. of bugs. But when it comes to multiple people, it's almost like squad in the fact that you have to have people running different parts of your ship. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I run a medic ship all the time. I think there's a running theme here. Um, and he's a mechanic, <laughs> folks. We... <laughs> <laughs> um, with CSAR, Combat Search and Rescue. I mean, exactly. Yeah, that, no. <laughs> see, I was getting ready to say that too. There might be a little bit of a god complex there, saving so, people. So, but somebody picked the wrong <laughs> fucking profession. <laughs> I should have been a PJ, right? Exactly. Um, that game's a lot of fun. As many bugs as it has, that game's a lot of fun. Um, I've had many a times where we've driven through spaceships because my pilot decided that that's what we're going to do accidentally. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Because the ship's there, it's like 500 meters away. Cool. And now it's 300 meters away, but it's behind us and we went exactly. through the fucker. <laughs> just, yeah, oh, just, just that's right the through thing. The son of a bitch. We're dead now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't know. I've, I've, I've watched, like, there was there was this big blow-up not too long ago where, like, some some really big streamers really started pushing the game. And I was watching it, and I, I was absolutely loving it. And you know, one of one of the streamers that I, I I've been a follower of for a very long time started kind of explaining a little bit of the game um, as far as the mechanics, as far as you know, flight and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, no fucking way would I be able to figure that out on a fucking keyboard. 
So then now, what did I do? I start looking into the HOTA systems and, and, and I'm like, shit. I use, I use a Logitech flight stick when I play. Right. The, same thing when I play War Thunder. Um, I, I tried War Thunder, couldn't get into it. Same. I've played War Thunder since it was only tanks and planes. Right. Yep, that's when I started to play yep. and then I couldn't get into it. Since then, they've added all kinds of other shit to it. I play with my VR headset and the flight stick so I can look uh, around a little easier. Uh, oh, it, is, it is taking some learning curve, a big learning curve, because I originally started with keyboard and mouse. That's how I flew. Right. And I was, I was good. I'm to, I haven't played that much in recent months or year. Actually, probably in a year. So I'm only at like 5.5 tier. Excuse me. Right. Um, so then switching to a flight stick in VR... I'm garbage when I should be good at a 5.5. Yeah. I, the the, the VR different. thing that, that I, yeah, no VR got ruined for me because I made a mistake once. Um, back when, you know, the, the, the like the, 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 the VR chat? goggles came out. No, no, it wasn't VR chat. Hmm. I, uh, I, I downloaded this program from AMC called the walking dead experience. Okay not bothered by like horror films or anything like that but it at it, it, one o'clock in the morning i'm sitting out on my back porch dead quiet no lights decided i was going to figure out what the hell this walking dead experience was <laughs> so now i have the i have the the goggles that actually have the earbuds that go in so you get yep. the full immersion suddenly i'm just you know i turn it on and i'm standing in the woods you know according to what i'm seeing and you know yeah. you turn your head everywhere and it's just woods then you start hearing the sounds of, you know, moaning and growling and everything. And the next thing I know, I turn around and I am 100 percent, 360 degrees surrounded by things that want to bite me. To the point where it freaked me out enough that I flung the fucking headset off my head across my porch, was sitting there for 45 minutes with my heart trying to bust out of my chest. And me grabbing the axe that was next to me because I 100% thought that there was something in my fucking yard ready to kill me. I will never put one of those things on again. <laughs> That's the thing about Wild. VR. VR has an amazing effect on your psychological just because, like, uh, I've been playing Faz, Phasmophobia. Mm -hmm. You play that in VR? Phasophobia on its own, and you you saw from the other day, I don't do well horror games. Right, right. Phasophobia on its own, creepy. Yeah. Add in add VR to it. Nope. Probably throw you for a fucking loop from hell. Oh God, no. Yeah. I personally <laughs> love horror, so I feel like I would enjoy VR with horror games. You tell I'm me how you like do. Most people. <laughs> you tell me how you do. I will. So so, you so, go ahead so and you're do that. you're you're a horror. I don't fan. own a VR. I am. Okay. So I, I, I'm sure anybody that, that that loves horror movies or horror games, you you always think of you know, ooh, what would I do in that situation? Until that situation happens, yeah. and then you don't know what the fuck you're about to do. Other oh, than trust probably me. piss yourself and if, hopefully get out of it. If I get a VR helmet, I am streaming horror games. When you have someone on all fours crawl at you out of the pitch black, yeah. and you can't sprint. Yeah. Tell me how you do. Tell me yeah. how many times you have to change your pants before you, you know, yeah. call yourself good. Yeah. 
Because I've I've seen some of the they, I, hell. I've even seen a couple of directors that do nothing but make horror movies try horror VR, mm-hmm. and that lasts about five minutes, and they want nothing to fucking do with it. The the psychological effect it has on you is mm-hmm. is out of of a concept of what you think it would be because it's so, you think it's real. I mean, my I had my wife try VR, and she I told her set the controllers down on the desk. And she looks in front of her, and what she sees is a desk. Yeah. And she drops them on the floor. Right. You, your brain thinks everything there is real. You sit in it long enough, and you've well, got and the, I, the hearing and everything. It, it's, oh, 100%. It, it's complete immersion. Your, your, mm-hmm. your mind doesn't associate I real had a versus friend, anything. I had a friend that used to wear his VR helmet like fucking 15 hours at a time, and I'm just oh, like, that's God. not healthy. So bad that's for you. That's not no. healthy. Yeah, no. Most I can do this for like two, two and a half. And, and he stop. would do this every day on VR chat. He was just in there for like 15 hours. Like, Listen, yeah, no. my guy, this is not healthy for you. No, no. I mean, like, like when, it, when, it, when I tried it out for the first time, had it been like a pixelated cartoony thing, I think I would have been fine. Yeah. But this is, you know, this is actual footage from The Walking Dead. These things are, you know, this this is as, as fucking real as you're gonna get. Um, yeah, no, my brain did not know that I was in a, a quote unquote game at that point. You mm. know, I jumped out of the chair, literally flung the fucking headset off, picked up a fucking axe that was sitting next to me and was standing on the porch. Ready to kill whatever the fuck was coming, Ready even though it wasn't coming. Up. Yep. Oh yeah. Thank um, God my dogs weren't out there with me. That would have been <laughs> really fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, Imperio, do you have any advice for someone that's going into content creation? Uh, be yourself. I mean, I, I said that earlier. I don't change myself for anybody in my audience. If you don't like it, go find another streamer to follow. There's plenty of them out there. Don't change who you are to appease other people. Play what you want to play, do what you want to do, talk how you want to talk. Granted, there are Twitch terms of service. Make sure you're within yeah. those parameters. But I mean, outside of that, be yourself. I mean, I I cuss like a sailor. I mean, I'm an airman, yeah. but I t- I cuss like a sailor. I we talk about things that are not PC. Yeah. Um, There's a reason why this podcast is. Um... This this podcast is um eighteen plus, and yeah. there's a reason why the offline mode we have a very long disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna find your target audience, and when you do, you'll get the people who fit within your community, and those other people who show up and and say shitty things about you or whatever, let them have their freaking little pissing match fuck off and then go about your business. Like don't, don't get hung up on the people who are, cause it's inevitable. You're going to have people who don't agree. Oh, with you're yourself. getting hated one way or the yeah. other. You're going to have some people point. who don't like the way you play certain games. Mm-hmm. You're going to have people who unsubscribe or unfollow you. All right. Yeah. You might at the beginning and I'll, I'll admit to this. It kind of bugged me, but after a while you yeah, just kind of ignore it because it, it comes down to it. Fuck them. You know, just yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're you're still you. If they don't like it, oh well. You know, you've got yeah, your core what, group what, of what people. Through me, it, you know, it, and and I got kind of stuck on it for a little bit, and and then I realized, you know, life goes on. But like some of my, when I first started streaming, you know, I had people that were there, this that, and the other, and they followed me for you know a couple of years, and all of a sudden disappeared. Yep. And I I got hung up on it. I was kind of like, you know, what did I do wrong? 
or yeah. you know what am i you know what do i need to change and you're right it dawned on me i don't need to change shit this is me this is you know whether you like it or not this is who i am and i'm not changing it no and the other thing is remember people have lives they can't oh, always yeah. be there yep. so if you turn off your fucking viewer account oh that's don't a look big at, one yeah i've never had that dog. get rid of it Just don't look at it people have lives they can lurk and their lurkers are going to be your biggest biggest help anyway for your viewer oh, they're account. one of the biggest assets you can ask for they don't have to chat. They can just sit there and watch. For some people, it's just the audio. My yep. wife does it. She just listens to YouTube and draws all day. Yep. That's that's how she does it. You don't look over your account. Be yeah. you. Be genuine. Don't put on a facade for anything. And if people like it, they'll stick around. If they yep. don't, then fuck them. Um, I mean, that's, that's my biggest thing is just be you. Don't put on an act. Don't pay attention to the viewer count. You're going to have low days. You're going to have high days. It's just like mm -hmm. real life, you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've, got a, I've got a couple of longtime viewers that, one, I, it, it sounds weird when I say this. They, they've been there since the day the channel started. Yep. They have never seen an actual stream. They only listen to it. That's all they want. And, and, and they've told me, shut the fuck up and talk more, you know, type of thing. <laughs> You know, we like your voice, whatever, yep. I don't care. But though they've never said a word in stream. Nope. But they've been they've been there since day one. I mean, they can literally tell you what I streamed the first time I ever did it. And it's, yeah, no, those lurkers, you're 100% right. They are, are one of our greatest assets. They they sit there, they're, they're you know, they count as, as a viewer. But they're there for a particular reason, whether it's the gameplay, they don't want to say something, or just the audio. I listen to, to streamers when I go to sleep. Um, I don't watch their videos or anything like that. I just enjoy, you know, the, the, the background sounds. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I 100% agree. And here's another thing, and some people might not know this, if you haven't been to Twitch very often. If you're lurking, and you're lurking on multiple platforms, or multiple streams... Make sure you put your volume up on the stream. Mute the tab. Yep. That still counts. But if you're yep. in white, if you're focusing on one stream at a time, that's all fine and good. But you can still give those other people those views. Yep. First to see mute them. Correct. So mute the tab, not the stream. Um, yep. The other thing is, you know, you said you know, the lurkers, but people who have, I I've had a problem with this. I don't. I used to not talk a lot. Talk to yourself. If you fuck something up, go, oh, shit, you know, whatever. Yep. Just natural stuff that you say. Because some people will just be listening to the audio. They won't be watching. I still struggle and, with that. <laughs> and that gives, that gives them some kind of context to, to follow or at least listen to as, as a background noise. Mm -hmm. And sometimes being a background noise isn't a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it helps I mean, people I, cope I, with stuff. I got a, I got asked to, to start reading fucking bedtime stories on YouTube because yep. they just want, want me to fucking, you know, whatever. But no, you're 100% right. As far as talking, according to the analytics, they say that like if someone new comes to your stream, you have 15 seconds to capture their attention. Yep. And if you're one of those players that, you know, is hyper-focused on just the game and, you know, which is good. I mean, there there are people that want to see a really good player. Yes. But there's so others that want to see the they want interactions. Yeah, they, they want the interaction. So, no, Imperial, you're 100% right. If you fuck up, explain why you think you fucked up. 
that that gives a little bit of dialogue and somebody to be able to latch onto that and hey you know what I, I get that and then it might spark a conversation exactly you give you give these jumping off points for people to interact with you that gives mm -hmm. them a feeling of of personal connection which then allows them to feel like hey I this is a place I like to be I feel comfortable here I can I can chit chat here which means they might return yeah. which is a, of course what gives you your follows your subscriptions and your your active viewers yeah yep um no i have right now questions personally i don't know if pool has any um but do you have well, any questions i know, I know we're us? getting close to the end but I, I i do have a couple things okay um one i know i i, I know that when when i was first interviewed i was kind of like why the fuck did they pick me type of thing so as as someone that you know is 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 been asked to be on a podcast um what did you think of the experience i mean i mentioned before at the beginning that i was super excited for this this is the first time i've done anything like this especially since i started streaming um and i was super grateful for it because it's your guys's content it's reaching out to me and, and having that conversation to me it was an awesome experience i got to share some cool stories i got to hear some cool stories from you guys um and then the reason i started sharing was like i said originally for sharing those conversations with people but also just to meet people meet people from different walks of life meet people with different opinions and tonight has been awesome but the two of you have had i know you guys had pre set questions and we've hit all those but i mean other natural questions came up out of things and you just the natural Actually, dialogue. rex is the only one that had fair you're right rex is the only <laughs> one who had questions set up but uh, it was it was a lot of fun and i i am super um i have a lot of respect for what you do as far as a podcast because doing a live stream is one thing but to come up with a structured interview of somebody and having that feel natural and having that feel organic is something that I personally don't think I could do. So kudos to you for it that. Did, it did feel organic episode one. You're on episode 25. Episode <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Organic. I mean, I mean, I've had some experience in this. Good on you. Like, I mean, it's it's really cool. I, I again, am very thankful for the opportunity, and to future people who you invite to the channel. Uh, the only thing I gotta say is be yourself. Don't don't uh don't sugarcoat anything. Right. I mean, I don't think that's what you guys are about. And no. the questions just let them roll off. I mean, it's it's easy. Answer so my, my my very last question, and and I, I ask this of a lot of people: if you had the opportunity to, whether it be collaborate on stream or just playability with someone that you anybody in the world, mm -hmm. who would it be? Who would you love that opportunity with? All right, so I will say a big inspiration for me and someone I would love to play with is a guy named Sweaty Petals. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He plays a lot of Warzone, which I don't play, okay. but he his community and his level of enthusiasm and his energy is amazing. He's been an inspiration for me. There are a couple times in stream where I thought I was done. I'm not going to do this anymore. And 
his support, like he came up for subathons for my birthday and just the, the energy that he has and the community that he brings when he raids. He's awesome. He's also the lead singer of a band, Uncle Daddy. If you guys haven't checked that out, go I've check it out. You uh, said Uncle, Uncle Daddy? Uncle with a K. It's on Spotify. Okay. If you like she classic rock. Pulled up. Oh, 100% you, I do. He yeah. sounds like a classic rock band. And it really? is so awesome. He sings on stream. If you're a T, if you're a tier three subscriber, he writes you his own song for you, which I have no one. Shot. I, I shit you not. I have one. Um, I let, have me, let me ask you real quick though. Yeah. With that, do you, do you actually, do you, how do you say that? Do you have rights to the song? He actually sent me the song. He sent no it to shit. me a couple weeks ago. Actually. Yeah, I have it in a, a DM from him. That he sent me the cool music though. file. Um, he's awesome. He he's a great community. Um, I would love to play games with him, but I the level that he plays at, and he'll he'll argue all day that he doesn't care, but I don't feel that I am worthy of playing at the level he does because I don't want to bring him down personally. Right, That's right. like a personal mm-hmm. thing. But he's an amazing person. If you guys haven't checked him out, uh, Sweaty Pedals. He plays COD on a spin bike. Shut up. I shit you not. He plays on a spin bike. Yeah, I play well, there goes that spin idea. bike. Yeah, he, he plays on, on a bike and he does phenomenally. He plays with a crossbow sometimes, and that's it. And just wrecks teams, man. That's He's awesome. fucking ridiculous. I actually I, have I a, have a hard time figuring out how to shoot straight. Do you have and then, and then we have a person called Marks in our community that is just fucking ridiculous and cod. So for one of his his um, one of his streams, he did a giveaway, and the okay. wife and I both won a signed album copy Jeez. of his of his album because oh, they only no have one kidding. album out right now. Um, I have it here somewhere, but I ended up giving mine away because you know we don't need two of them, and it's here in the house somewhere. But I listened to that album for probably a week straight every day I was in the truck. Because it's just so good, and it reminds me of like ACDC, Van Halen, just like all these classic '80s bands. Oh, I'm definitely his hair bands. Out. Yeah, and, yeah, we need the big hair bands back. And he's from, I want to say he's from Minnesota or some or Michigan or something like that. He's some of the Midwest, some Midwest town. It, Small it, it bands. would be a thousand times better if it was like Detroit, and then I'd be like, and, oh yeah, no, fucking going. Yeah. But. He's been to some rock fests. He did one recently. Super cool guy. Very down to earth, at least from the interactions I've had with him on stream. Um, high, uh, high energy. So That's now that we're getting to the end of this episode, do you have any questions for us at all? Oh, Lord. Um, well, I have, I mean, you kind of brought it up there, uh, Dead Seapool. Um, why did you guys pick me as far as an interview opportunity? I'll be honest. I'm gonna let Rex step in on this one. <laughs> I'll be honest. I picked random guests that I see that are <laughs> Okay. I don't have a particular criteria that I go to. It's just if I see someone I enjoy watching, I'll okay. hit them up. Well, I appreciate that. At least you enjoyed the the shenanigans that happen on my channel because there's no, I can I can because tell you firsthand I had a blast. Event <laughs> In your fucking. I guess originally with it, I was just grabbing all my close veteran friends that I know. But then, you know, once I 
Once I ran out of votes. Yeah, you depleted that, I, and now you have once, to get out the fucking Once work. I ran out of votes, fuckers. I have a few of them still, but and they're yeah, they're busy. So I have a few still left over on that end. But once I knew I was I was going to run out, I'm like, okay, branch out, branch me out. So that's why I went to the communities like Regiment, Stack Up, bunch of these other organizations. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Dead Seapool, what are you drinking? Uh, this would be a little bit of whiskey. Okay, what which which brand? Uh, this is actually proper twelve. Okay, I've been drinking Kraken rum tonight. That's what I've oh. got in this decanter. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, I have I have one of those. Thank you, Rex. Again, <laughs> no problem. I got a, oh, a I special engraved one with the the CB logo and and my uh my you know, custom CB streamer logo. tag. Yeah, that's badass. And then on the bottom is this Commander bullshit. Is that the yeah, nickname? Yeah, 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 is that the nickname I always called him when he used to stream a lot? I was enlisted. I was never a fucking commander. Mm. <laughs> I know. I just called the Commander bullshit though. <laughs> I was I was senior enlisted. Yeah, but E6. you got to command all the idiots. That's what that was. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Trust including me, I know. the officers, including oh, the fucking yep. officers. Oh god, butter bars. Oh no, I'm I'm even talking colonels. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love looking when... at looking at one of those and going. So no. let's 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 put it this way: <laughs> they they put me in a position as an E three that mm-hmm. I had more authority over my battalion than my commanding officer. So when we were getting ready to deploy um, to Latvia, I stepped in because I was the the Hasdeck guy. I had to make sure that everything that was being shipped was according to you know certain specs, yep. and I told the skipper. We're not leaving by this day unless this, 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 and this gets done. And he looked at me and he was like, excuse me, constructionman, you're an E3. I am a captain, a colonel. Yeah. What makes you think you can tell me what to do? I said, well, sir, you put me in a position where I have more authority than you do. So either you fix it or we don't fucking deploy I'm the program manager. That's what. Exactly. The, the XO came in that, you know, the command master chief and looked the skipper dead in the face and went, if construction and blah, blah, blah does not sign this, we don't deploy. So unfuck your shit, sir. Yep. You know, so yeah, no, I believe me. And uh, is there any future guests you'd like to see on this podcast in the future? Um, I would have to go through and look at who you've had. And then I'd probably go through the regiment team and see who would There's be on there. I don't have anyone off the top of my head, to be honest. There's definitely a long list that's been on this podcast. There's <laughs> been a lot of regiment. <laughs> a lot of regiment, yes. There's been a lot of regiment. Um, we, we've had a few of the other organizations, but majority regiment. Yeah, we've had orgs. Zahala. Yeah. It, we've had Zahala. Yep. Yeah, we have the CEO stack coming up in November. Ooh. I'll tune in for that one. That'll be fun. Yeah, we had them originally dated for last month, but things came up with that one. Yeah. He kind of forgot that he, he got time zones confused. <laughs> well, I will I will say this to, to, to chat that's watching and to anybody that is going to be listening to this uh, once it goes to audio. Um, y'all need to check out Imperial. 100%. Um, his streams are a lot of fun, especially right now with him dinking around with horror. It is hilarious. I, 
I've, I've seen a couple of streamers out there that like get how do you want to say it? They, they they get scared but they 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 lash out at the screen and argue with the game and i had the opportunity to see that the other night and it was fucking hilarious so y'all need to check this guy out 100% um imperial on behalf of me i 100% thank you for being here it has been an absolute joy it's been a blast you're an amazing person and thank you no thank you i, I that means way more than you think it does and let us know when you get out of the military, because then we can have you on as a vet guest. Well, you got 10 years, because uh, I'm in the old retirement system. I'm going to dig my grave, and you can replace me in 10 years, please. You know, you know, I don't plan on ending this in 10 years, so. All right. I'm planning on ending myself in 10 years, you fucker. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Um, there, there is TOS guidelines here, buddy. <laughs> In game, in game. Shut okay, up. Okay, okay, game. okay, okay, okay. That's better. Keywords, keywords. In game. <laughs> that's that's a lot better, sir. So oh, now, no, one one more thing. You're you're going live after this, aren't you? Ah, uh, yeah, I am. In about twenty minutes. Okay. All right. Huh? You'll be playing go. Seven Days to Die. Go bother him, guys, in 20 minutes. I'm going to be watching because I have to figure out how to play the game. I have it. Oh. I've started the tutorial, and that's about as far as I've gotten. Um, but anyways, this has been... I need to look for something to raid out, too. Yes, sir. And as usual, guys, um, if you didn't hear sponsorship in the beginning, go hit up the link. Get a 30-day free trial for Audible. It helps us out in the end. It's it, that that sponsorship is the thing that has given um pull his new mixer. I knew you were gonna fucking bring that up. It gave pull his good. new mixer. It gave me my mixer. It's giving me this mic. It's giving me the mic arm. <laughs> it, it, it also the sponsorships is with help. I also use the sponsorship money to keep the offline audio podcast system running as well. Is I pay a monthly subscription for that. Yep. And I don't pay a fucking dime on it. I guess sponsorship. <laughs> Always a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there any veterans or active duty live that we can raid into? You want me to bring it up? You know, fuck well, it. We're gonna raid into. Outro, we're gonna raid into Brag Pong. Piss off because I have to piss like a racehorse. Yeah. So no, thank no, you again for having me. Take no care problem. of your things, man. I did. One hundred percent, an absolute blast and a pleasure. Do you ever want someone to play Red or Not with? Let me know. We'll do. I'll have to there take you on that. You guys have a great night. You too, buddy. All right. And then we're going to write up into Brain Punk. Oh, that's right. They're doing Brain Punk. I just They're technically veterans. Yeah. One was a co-host. One was a co-host. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a co-host. It doesn't count. But one way, yeah, I don't care. Brain Punk, right? That was a good episode. That was. Oh my god, Ginger, are you fucking serious? Wait. Waiting for ads? Beautiful. Ginger is 100% cosplaying as the characters from Played Up. Stop streaming. Beautiful.